Hello, everybody, and welcome to Disc Coverers, the only podcast online that reads, reviews, and ranks all 41 of Terry Pratchett's seminal Discworld series of comic fantasy novels. I am your host, Iris J. With me are my illustrious co-hosts. Why don't y'all introduce yourselves, starting with, uh, let's go with Belina first, and then June, and then Grace. Just... By random arbitrary order. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I am still Belina. I think I'm just still happy to be here. That's enough for me. Mm. Uh, I'm June, and I really wish I was introducing myself on a better episode of this podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Yenot's beloved Princess Grace. I rule this book blue. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love how you've just got this practiced infomercial voice going. What can I say? I'm on a lot of podcasts. Part of being a sentient virus is knowing how to market yourself well. Because Aww. being a meme is all about getting in other people's heads. The ones that aren't successful at this just die out. So by nature, the fact that we have all known her for so long means that she's good at this. Precisely, dear. Oh, you never got to meet Brace or Space or Nace. <laughs> I'd really like to meet Space sometime, but... Yeah, yeah space, space is, is a cool. pretty cool space name, actually. Space seems cool. Yeah. yeah space is absolutely another queer person name out there. If you're named yeah. Space, hit us up. Hello. Hello. Excellent name. Yeah. Uh, anyways, today we are talking about the ninth book in the Discworld series published in 1990. Eric originally uh, produced with uh, illustrations by Josh Kirby. Uh, did any of y'all get the edition that included the illustrations? No. No. Mine was a perfectly legal .txt file. It would have been difficult. Okay, yeah. I didn't get one with the illustrations, too. Uh, I checked out some of the illustrations via a internet search later, and uh, they're absolutely Josh Kirby drawings. Really, yeah. toe to tip, very... Yep, yep. Josh Kirby. Everyone looks kind of like a precious moments figurine that was left out in the sun. Very glad I was sober when I looked at them. Melt, uh, Rincewind, with the power to melt. <laughs> wow, is that a Koblam reference? It is. Damn right it Going is. Going fucking deep. <laughs> I want to well, uh, play we, real quick. We had to dig back to 1990. Uh, I want to play real quick that the two people who are most known for drawing Discworld art are Josh Kirby. Or Josh Kirby? Is that it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and Paul Kidby. They have the exact <laughs> same last name except for one letter, and that is so British people. confusing to me all the time. British I get them people get different constantly. names. Yeah. And Knock it, it off. It doesn't help that their first names start have four letters and are very, very common names. So And also that one of them is like I appreciate, love some of, really like others, and like, this is good on the rest of the art, and I don't like Josh Kirby or his art. I think it's bad. Yeah, it's, art is subjective, but I feel like Josh Kirby definitely belongs to a different era, an era with a lot of blacklight posters and patchouli (laughs) smoke. An era that maybe we have left behind as a this society. Is, this is going to sound like damning with faint praise or whatever, but this would look great on the side of a van. Yeah, oh, I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> it'd be perfect on the side of a van. Like, if I had a van, like this fucking, this demon dude in his pajamas, yeah, I could see that. Oh, Not yeah. really my gender, but like, I could see it, you know? And the other nice things about vans is that uh, they usually don't have pros attached to them. Uh, which could not be said for this book. Uh, it well, is, in fact, this, mostly this composed book, of it. This book absolutely does not have many pros attached to it, no. Hey. <laughs> oh, hey. my God. Hey. Look, some fans do have words on them. They just tend to say things like, where the hell is well drug? And, you know, punk if you're horny. <laughs> this guy fucks big Italians, any gender? Yeah. <laughs> big time! Keep humping, I'm dumb as hell. <laughs> Anyways, all uh, of these all of these jokes are in fact better than almost anything in the book we just read, which yeah. is a stupendous accomplishment. Uh, before we get too deep into it, uh, I'd like for us to maybe uh, go over the plot really quick. And to that, of course, we will turn to our uh, Synoptrix Supreme, Belina, for a quick play-by-play rundown of what exactly occurs in Eric. Belina, if you're ready, would you mind taking it away? Absolutely. 
Rincewind has been run away through the gap between the universes for the last three books, and only stops now when he's accidentally summoned by teenage demonology dabbler Eric Thursley. Thursley mistakenly believes that Rincewind is useful, making three wishes as he would to any demon, to be the rule of the world, to meet the most beautiful woman in all history, and to live forever. Rincewind intends to press the case that he's not a demon, but when he snaps his fingers, the two find themselves in the rainforest of Clatch, because that's the only foreign nation in this entire con in this entire world set, where they are discovered by the Tezuman tribe, who believe Eric to be the ruler of the world. This is a bad thing, as their religion wishes to complain to upper management in a very visceral way. They escape because the luggage shows up and steps on Ketzilver Kotal, the minor uh, demon that inspired the, uh, the Tezuman religion to begin with. Rincewind snaps his fingers again, and the pair appear in the middle of the not-Trojan War between a and sort. You might remember this from being endlessly referenced in pyramids, but apparently the horse trick didn't even really work back then. The pair meet up with Laviolus, who is probably Rincewind's ancestor, and wins wars by not fighting them. The group finds and extracts the not-Helen of Troy, aka Eleanor, who the book dumps upon for being a normal human woman. War over, Rincewind snaps his fingers again, and the pair are now at the dawn of time, saying hello to this creator deity and complaining about egg sandwiches. To live forever apparently means to live through the whole of creation start to finish. Snapping no longer works, so the pair do one of Eric's summoning circles backwards and end up in hell. Hell is, unfortunately, modernized. Tedium is far worse than torture, and the entire book was actually an old-school demon lord distracting Kermit demon lord slash spirit Halloween reject Astifical long enough to gather support to trick Assy into a bureaucratic hell of its own making, promoting its supreme life president of hell so that things go, ba go back to normal. Rincewind and, sorry, Rincewind and Eryx escape to parts unknown, and the demons go back to business as usual, content in, this, in the same knowledge that we've just gained. Things can always be worse. <laughs> uh, wow! Hell yeah! That was that was a good Thank ending. You. That there. was a yeah. really really well put together summary. Yeah, uh, it was unfortunately almost every bit of plot in the entire. Book. No, yeah. yeah. How it, many times was... will we make the joke of this thing was better than everything in the book? Yeah, it was also about as it was about as long because this book uh, is actually not very long at all. It yeah. was originally a novella. Uh, my copy is. 197 very generously typeset pages. Um, I, see, I kind of originally thought it was because it was illustrated, but in order to pad this thing out, you would have to be like a fucking comic book. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like, you can see one of the pages Iris posted, right? Like, yeah. Are they I mean, all like that, where they all have like you know four, four or five lines of text and then the rest is illustrated? No way. They can't, there's, there's... They can't all be like that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. But, this is kind of but, one of the more baffling things about the book. It's just like, okay, what, what is it? Okay, yeah, I I've been so. holding on to this one. So you know, in like a sitcom where they need to establish that the that a couple of people are playing a video game, so you only see the back of the television and they're holding this little controller that's trying to jump out of their hands like it's a live rodent. They're just mashing all the buttons yeah. at once while some yeah. nonsense sounds happen on the TV. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is the Discworld equivalent of that. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, you're right. I, can, you get to can you get to level 10? Ah, oh, 50 points. Watch oh. out for the demons. Gotta tighten up the graphics on level 3. <laughs> I, uh... it, it just didn't have anything really to do with Discworld. Yeah. Like, the, why the hell is there a Christian hell? But it's also kind of Greek hell? Because, like, Sisyphus is there. Yeah, and they reference, like, like they reference Eurydice and Orpheus and also Persephone. It's just baffling all the way through. It's yeah. I, I I said this before the podcast, but like halfway through my notes, I wrote like, "This is just pyramids again." Like it's like <laughs> yeah, if it's anything, it's, it's more racist than pyramids. Like they like, like the, they treat they, the not Aztecs way worse than they treated the not Egyptians. God, yeah. The the fact yeah. that they, like, we're doing the horse joke again when that was like this central part to like the like the, that one little section in pyramids. Yeah. But the whole point is that the horse trick didn't work the first time. It's even Which, more, and it's even more insulting knowing that that book was like two books ago. There is only guards, guards separating pyramids yeah. and this book. So yeah. think we Which means that they came out with that last, like that came out in 1989. This came out in 1990. It, a year had passed. Maybe not even that. Uh, Why? Yeah, like it's it's just pyramids again, and then there's a little Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing, and then they go to hell, and then yeah. hell. Hell is mostly Sir Terry complaining about a bad vacation he had. I have like an actual thought on this in terms yeah. of what this book is. This book feels like leftovers. Mm -hmm. This book feels like Terry had a bunch of ideas while writing his other books. And he was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if hell was like a business because businesses suck? Hey, wouldn't it be funny if like uh, the whole... The 
uh, like the Odyssey was just like about a dude who was just really normal and cool. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if like all of these things and then was just like, how do I use these amazing ideas I've had? Let's just shove them at Rincewind. Rincewind yeah. can run through them. I, yeah, I think I think Grace was on to something on saying it was very. There was a chunks of it were just very Hitchhiker's Guide. Like yeah. we kind of talked about that during the first couple books, but we dropped the thread of how it's very hard to not not see comparisons between Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams. But as we dig into the Discworld books, we keep going, oh, this comparison just never ever holds up, does it? Uh, but it really holds up here. Yeah, like they yeah. they do the exact same Hitchhiker's Guide bit where they talk to the guy whose job is to make the planet. Like they talk to a guy who's like, oh yeah, well I uh you know. Oh yeah, I've come up with a new seven-pointed snowflake, and uh, you know I love doing the little fiddly bits on the fjords or whatever. Like, yeah, it's the same yeah. bit except worse. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, and I think that also like it's weird how like like you said that the idea of it being just like drabble that he came up with in a side folder mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense because yeah. like so many of the jokes in this come down to the shared thread of people complaining about things. The Tezumen yeah. want to complain to their Ooh, gods. Yeah. Laviolus wants to complain to uh, the Ephibian army. Um, the creator of the universe wants to complain to his bosses, I guess. The demons want to complain to Asphigal. Asphigal wants to complain to Rincewind. This other old demon guy whose name is escaping me right now also wants to complain to Asphigal. Uh, Rincewind and Eric's job in this is to move from place to place and listen to people complain. And while I guess some sort of comedic reaction is expected from these things, uh, it mostly to me kind of came off as like a bitch fest. <laughs> like, yeah. how about, there's only so much complaining that you can really muster before it's like, alright, why are we even looking at yeah, this? Yeah, we get it. You're, like, the joke is that like, you're doing a Dilbert. You're doing a Dilbert set in hell, right? Like, yeah, yeah the, the demons all, like, wear button-up shirts, and they wear ties, and it's it's just really boring, right? That's the whole joke. And everyone would really like to just get back to the torture. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues with this book is that it's just, like, it's worse than even the other Rincewind books. Because at least the other Rincewind books, you had Rincewind constantly complaining, contrasted with slightly racist but dude who is enthusiastic about everything yeah. and yeah. thinks it's, it's all good vibes and everything's gonna be cool it's bizarre Hero. that it's bizarre that eric is a shitty version of two flower yeah like yeah. eric just yeah. sucks yeah he's he like, really not fun at no, all he's yeah. a shitty he's a shitty horny 13 year old right like mm-hmm. he's a th- he's a 13 year old who sits in his bedroom all day and like summons demons in order to get laid like that's his whole thing. Is he's like, thank God he doesn't have any idea what he'd do with one. I've and like I've read I've read some great great pieces on like Ao3 and stuff about that exact kind yeah. of setup. But here, like Terry just wastes it. Yeah, uh, like, uh. hi, w- welcome to Disc Pass, the episode where we discuss whether Eric Thursley knows what sex is. No, <laughs> he does not. No, absolutely Correct. not. Like that is no. that is in the story objectively. Yeah. They, they make a joke about it, and the joke isn't funny. And he, every single time, they're like, "Haha, isn't it funny that this fourteen-year-old boy wants to have sex but doesn't know what it is?" It's never funny. Yeah. Hey, remember? It's, in, it's not funny once. Remember in Equal Rights, where Esk not knowing what sex is what actually was funny. Yeah, yeah, because she's like, yeah, because she's in a store that sells you know sex potions. Mm-hmm. And and also like she had a character. Yeah. Like, Eric's Eric, entire character is just, he sucks. Yeah, Eric doesn't even get to do much. Like, I kind of forgot he was there half the yeah. time. He, like, fades out by the end, and he doesn't even, he doesn't even have, the, like, the shitbag persona to fall back on. He's just kind of like, oh, he knows a little bit about, like, Greek history, or Ephibian history, and uh, he's there to listen to people complain, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing and awful and not yeah. a fun book like, to read and now you at home get to listen to us complain uh, <laughs> yeah such as about it's, the fact that like so the book just ends like it just ends with them uh climbing the stairs out of hell which is paved with good intentions i thought that was i thought that was pretty funny that was that was a good joke yeah. that was funny it was very douglas adams but it was a good bit okay i want to point out two things one 
Douglas Adams is funny, and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books are very good. At least the first one is. Yeah. They kind of yeah, drop, off drop off in quality as time goes on. When the depression starts to sit in, yeah. It's a I... complex discussion about how good the different Hitchhiker's Guide books are. That We're not the Hitchhiker's Guide pod, we're the disc pod. Uh, so, so long and thanks for all the fish, it's the best of the sequel. Sorry, don't argue with me on this. Anyways, uh, two... Iris pointed out before the podcast, this is our last real chance to just bitch about Discworld. Like, from here on out, most of the books are at least interesting, or if not good, they do something fun or cool with their time. We'll have other bad books, but I have a feeling that this is going to be the last utterly terrible book for a very long time. So... we're, it's time for us to really get this, those feelings out. We're going to be doing Moving Pictures next, and Moving Pictures is another pop culture parody one, but yeah. unless I'm just badly misremembering, it's actually interesting. Yeah. But it's also actually set in Discworld, so that helps. It can't be as bad as this. It's going to... I think reading this immediately before Moving Pictures is really going to do Moving Pictures a lot of favors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I also I also remember it as being like not like amazing, but perfectly fine. I remember reading it when I was a teenager and thinking, oh, I'm glad I read that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just nothing. And also like, ugh, I want to like... I really want to like go back to the whole point about how Eric is a shittier two flower. Yeah. Like, yeah. to the point also where, like, Rincewind is a shittier Rincewind in this book. Because yeah. I, I I was having fond memories of the light Fantastic while reading this, and I know oh. something is wrong when that's <laughs> happening. But yeah. I, remember, I remember in the light Fantastic where Rincewind, like, actually manages to do a little bit of magic. Like, like just a little, a little bit squirts out of his hand yeah. thanks to extenuating circumstances and it is like it's like he just saw the face of god like it is like it it is like he has gotten a taste of the divine like he 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 almost can't comprehend it It it's so amazing in this he's like snapping his fingers and immediately traveling to different worlds and all he's doing is kind of mildly whining about it and also being like oh no what's he, gonna he happen even, yeah like huh he never that's even tries weird. to cast a regular spell no yeah it never it's like, crosses his mind it's like he's he's returned but it's like terry without the octavo element terry doesn't even have any reason for him to be around anymore yeah. just he's just kind of there to show Oh, this is a Discworld book. And that's also yeah. like weird because without Rincewind there, this, you know, like we've been saying, this isn't a Discworld book. And that begs the question, why bother to have it illustrated at all? Why bother putting it putting it in the Discworld at all? Yeah, like it's it's uh, really confusing. Like you just it's had f- Rincewind lying around, I guess. Like maybe he cuz this book does start with like a whole long footnote explaining the events of sorcery in case you didn't see it, explaining why Rincewind is there. Yeah, it's like the book was actually much better when it was still doing all of its setup stuff. Yeah, when like we get to see the library, we get to meet the librarian again. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it like, is interesting that uh, it is meant to be like a direct sequel to sorcery to the yeah. point where they like mention it at the beginning of the book. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It was funny that it's like the the wizards had just have to keep uh, shuffling their feet, insisting they must have been out of town with the world almost <laughs> yeah. ended. That was funny because that was the unseen university being the unseen university. Yeah, mm. it it was really good. Like we, the book opens on like we see death keeping bees. Yeah, which is, which is was... just charming. Uh, someone mm-hmm. says, oh shit, which I think is the first time I've seen an actual swear. There have been a few, but really like one or two per book. And this book yeah. has like a bunch of them, which is strange. Yeah. It, it almost feels like this is like alternate universe Terry Pratchett. One universe yeah. where he grows up and writes guards, guards, and then the other universe where he does this. Yeah. Oh my this, God. Is the, this is the weirdest application of the Trousers of Time we're ever going to see. <gasps> I was just going to say we're down the wrong leg with this one. <sighs> it, it kind of, I mean, it kind of has this feel like like somebody just held a gun to Terry's head. Yeah. Well, I, also like think about like how like the previous year we got Weird Sisters and Pyramids, and then like before that it was like, or no, was it Sorcery and Weird Sisters? 
And then, well, anyways, it just seemed like for the for the first few like years of Discworld's runtime, it was like he was putting out one really solid to good novel and one like really half baked novel like per year, which yeah. is really a strange output. Yeah, it's this book is weird. It's weird and it's bad, which is much worse think, than being weird and interesting. Do you think maybe he's Every, every year he just sat down with two perfectly average books and then just sort of <laughs> shuffled the good parts into one and the bad parts into the other. Ah, listen, ah. Fontaurib's I mean... style of writing. <laughs> one of them gets the dominant genes. Ah, uh, uh, the super book method. <laughs> I think, I think, and we've, we've touched on this a bit so far, but I think one of the things that really gets to me about this book is it's so completely plotless. Yeah. Like, like guards guards has such a thorough line through it. it it struggles a bit here still because it's like okay in the end the mystery just gets solved no problem mm-hmm. but you feel like at least in guards guards you feel like okay i know where the plot is going i know what has to be done i know what the stakes are here it's not even clear what's going on at any moment it really is just like yeah, just well they... i want rincewind to do some wacky shenanigans <laughs> they... They get to the th- they get to hell and then oh by the way this whole thing was just a giant distraction. Yeah. Like there's some yeah. little things about it like you Astafargal whatever was Astafargal was watching Rincewind the whole time but like there was no real mention of oh uh, actually some other demon lord who was pretending to be slacking for these first couple bits he actually was the one doing all the magic stuff every time Rincewind snapped his fingers and it was all just a giant distraction. But that just kind of feels like a last second thing. Yeah. Sort of yeah. It's like, oh, right. I had to put them in hell for some reason. Yeah. yeah it, it it feels like he had, I, I think, I think like we've talked a bit before about Pratchett sometimes seeming like he kind of knows certain elements of a book and then just wings the rest of it in a way that doesn't work. This mm. really feels like he was like, okay, I have an idea for how to get Rincewind out of the dungeon dimension. And it's funny. Hmm. And then I have an idea for how to end this book, and it's a funny bit involving hell. Mm-hmm. What do I do in the middle? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the hell I want, I can do anything. Fuck it. Yeah, he's got three wishes, and they're going to be interpreted weirdly. Like, yeah. that's the thing, right? Is like, it it does feel like it's assembled from scratch. You say because like the first bit's really good. I have a lot of notes for that because like, you know, the part where like Rincewind is bratting Eric, even though he's ostensibly the demon that's been summoned, is pretty cute and good. Oh yeah. yeah, it was still Rincewind was still being Rincewind for at least a little while there. Yeah. He was desperately trying to talk his way out, despite having no idea what his bargaining position is. Yeah, it, you get a good bit about like you know, the demon had to leave his post. Oh, uh, call of supernature, my lord. Uh, and then right about the weird bit about like oh those Amazons they kidnap men for manly tasks like putting up shelves and mowing the lawn. And this um, is a Douglas Adams joke. A weird joke about advanced horology. Oh God! Right, Ugh. <laughs> oh. right. That joke was funnier when they made it in Sex Criminals, yeah, by <laughs> Matt Fraction. But um, the Amazonian joke was double confusing to me. Not just because of like the sexism, but also because like the term Amazonian implies the existence of an Amazon, either real or mythical. Mm-hmm. Um, where? Where on the Discworld was there an Amazon? Because that wasn't part of their mythos at all. <sighs> I... <sighs> this is this is something that I genuinely like. One of the issues with Discworld in general is that Pratchett really wants to write comedy that's based on, haha, look, it's England, and then doesn't consider that you kind of have to have a history to do things like this was my reason that like the jokes about racism in a lot of the books fell really flat because you can't write here's colonialism in a british place and then have your place not have any history of colonialism yeah it doesn't work yeah and just there's no history to a lot of the Discworld in this way and Mm -hmm. it's it sucks like remember when they get to hell and like Terry goes on this like whole long thing describing just this really boring shitty hotel experience that's bad as like did you have a bad vacation Terry like is are you just venting spleen about like a bad trip you went on he absolutely was for yeah. sure and like it's 
it's really notice- noticeable in this book. Uh, just to get it out of the way and rip the Band-Aid off, uh, I'd like to talk about the Tezumen a little bit. Yeah, um, uh, it was inevitable. Yeah, I tried yeah. to skim over that as best as I could. Well, we're. I'm sorry, but it's it's it something our, that I've got to broach. Um, it is our solemn duty as podcasters. Yes, <laughs> to let you know that your favorite British fantasy author uh, did not, in fact, have any idea what the fuck he was talking about sometimes. And one of those times is uh, pre-Columbian civilizations. In this case, uh, the Tezumen are kind of a... They're like, like, it's like he wanted to like include like, oh, I already did one ancient civilization that builds pyramids. I should include the other one. Um, but he like read like, I don't know, like an Encarta 95. Well, it was 1990. He read an Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica summary of like what the Aztecs were about. And he's like, yeah, all right, cool. It's all I need to know. Okay, bye. What kind of joke's going to make with that? And like... It's half that and half, like, the most cartoonish idea of, like, like indigenous Central American peoples. It's like Tintin yeah. comic book levels. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. It also has all of my least favorite Terry Pratchett bits, namely the, haha, if I make jokes about how about racism and i make jokes about racist expectations i'm not racist and then right. does mm. you can't just subvert something and then have it be there loudly for the subversion and go see it's not racist because i subverted it if you say it the shitty work. thing is a joke you still said the shitty thing yeah uh, yeah and like also a there's a cameo from um ponce de quirm who is juan ponce de leon um, and the Tezumen themselves are named after Montezuma, essentially, who was like the last ruler of the Aztec Empire before Cortez came in and basically slashed and burned the place. Uh, and so it's like, this, this is like Mesoamerican culture as viewed through the lens of somebody who has only known it through colonialism, who is uh, only, yep. who only understands it within the context of being co- a, a prelude to being colonized and the fact that it's set in clash which is just kind of the his there's uh, only one foreign nation yeah. in all of Discworld at this point mm-hmm. it's it's the foreign one it's the foreign country and that's it and it's like it's so it's so lazy also the fact that like they're the whole uh Ketsover Coatl thing is kind of a riff on uh how it's kind of if what I remember is correct, it's it's not actually entirely factual, but like the old story that originally when Cortez visited the uh, Tenochtitlan, um, Montezuma was under the impression that he was a reincarnation of Quetzalcoatl because there was some sort of uh, mythical sort of byline that said that he would come back as a very pale person with golden hair. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm like 99% sure that story has been debunked and is like bullshit. Um, but that's the story that Terry is going off of there where it's like, Mm -hmm. they think that Eric is like this incarnation of their God because he's this dopey little white kid. Um, and he had wished to be the ruler of the world, right? That's exactly. That's the through line here. I don't know if, I don't know how, how will we explain that? But that's the through line here is that. Not to mention it, it muddles and flattens, like, the entire history of Mesoamerican civilization into a very cartoony idea of, oh, they built pyramids, they didn't know how wheels worked, and they killed a shit ton of people, and that's all I care about, baby! How's yeah. that really, fun he really setting. harped on yeah. the does not know how wheels work thing, and there's, like, is... there's especially a secondary joke where they're, you know, since they're putting up these big complaints to the heavens about everything mm-hmm. about their lives that suck. And, like, they, they did know how... We, like, actual Mesoamerican civilizations did know how wheels worked. It's just... Also, a lot of them were living in heavily forested areas, and, like, maybe if you thought for two seconds why, like... I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. We're not getting into this conversation right now. It's, it's, it's It was it's stupid. Bad. It's it was bad stupid and, and bad. It's gross. It's frustrating because, like, I like the idea of... 
you know, the gods will send a messenger and then we will use that to voice our displeasure. That's that. I'm sure you could make something with that joke, but this yeah. ain't it. Like, I, I also yeah. want to kill God. I get it. I have a bone yeah, to pick exactly. up the guy, too. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> but, I mean, his dark materials, this isn't, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, Ketsover Kowadle being, like, essentially, like, a very minor demon in the grand scheme of things was also just kind of like a, really, y'all? Like, like you're going to make the center of their religion just, like, a tiny fucker, joke? Yeah. 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 Like, it just felt so... Especially considering all of the work that Terry has started to put into building up the concept of what gods are in previous books like Pyramids and will eventually come to fruition with in books like Small Gods. This just feels like such a pointless, a pointlessly, like, jerk move. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Anyways... Sorry, we don't have to talk about that part of the book anymore. It just pissed me off so much while I was reading it. And I was like, oh, I got to fucking talk about this shit. Uh, it's, 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 it's one of a number of parts that just aren't good or fun to read. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a good book. No. Also, like, I, I don't know. It just it still reeks of that same sort of like, you, you, you see, I, I am uh, smart and not racist, so I can make jokes about racism because it's bad, and I'm aware of this. I'm mm-hmm. very smart, and like, yeah, like, uh, like they they say that the Tezemen used to worship a stick. Like that's just that's just a shitty thing to say. Like you're just making fun of them for no reason. That's not even based on anything. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it also has a lot of internet atheist vibes. Oh yeah. yeah. I I know that I know that religion is bad because I don't believe in Christianity I mean, and all right, religions least, are like, basically again, bad. It's pyramids again. The first two thirds of this book are pyramids again. Mm-hmm. I, I I at least appreciate that in the end the Tesman decide to abandon rich, um, religion altogether and they become atheists, which quote unquote means that they still get to kill a lot of people, but they don't have to wake up so early in the morning. <laughs> That's at least <sighs> one funny joke about it. There it is, the one funny atheism joke in this book. Also, Grace, I'd like to argue with you. This book isn't uh, Pyramids. It's worse than Pyramids. I enjoy well, large sections Well, yes, of it's... But you see what I'm getting at, right? Like, it's... Yes. Uh, he, he's... This is the recycled bits of Pyramids that didn't work, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Just with, with please all the... bring our boy back home to Ankmore Pork so he can write things that he knows about. Bring our boy uh, back! We'll actually wait. Uh, when does Rincewind actually come back in the books? Uh, interesting, interesting times. times. Oh. Eight, eight the 17th from book. Now. Well, the good news is it's eight books from now. The bad so news we don't is... have to worry about it this year. Unfortunately, yeah. Interesting Times, according to Wikipedia, takes place in Imperial China. Very cool. Oh, boy. Excited yeah. to hear those super well-informed opinions that a British uh... person has about China. I mean, at least it's a continent other than Clatch. And hey, maybe we'll see Two Flower again. I, it does take place on it actually, the yes, Agatian Empire on the Counterweight Continent. Yeah, yeah, it does take place on the Counterweight Continent. Two Flower does factor in. Yeah. Well, that's great. They Their roles are reversed. Did I mention that uh, in between the last episode and now? Not to not to, to distract us from talking about this shit stain of a book too much, but um, uh, in between the last episode and now, uh, we actually watched uh, the... TV miniseries adaptations of The Color of Magic and The Light Fantastic, and they had Sean Astin of, you know, Samwise Gamgee fame, Lord of the Rings, playing Two Flower as an American tourist. Uh, huh. Which yeah. I thought that sounds was, like it would make a lot more sense. It was, mm. it was a very smart move. They just dressed him in like a an Aloha shirt, and they had him talk a little bit of fake language but then like after like three lines he starts talking in fluent Ankmore Porkian and Rinswin was like oh you can you can just speak the language and Two Flowers like well yeah I took a correspondence course of course I just carry the guidebook around because it's what tourists are supposed to do uh yeah which uh, is weird it's like this is a good version of these same jokes yeah it's weird because like the it's weird to say it but I actually liked the these TV movie adaptations of the first two books quite a bit more than the books, mostly because they edit out all of the parts that feel extraneous. They tie up some loose ends 
And uh, they have Tim Curry, which who who really improves anything that he's yeah. in by a considerable margin. No matter um, how bad the source material may be, he's still having a great old time. It's true. Yeah. Also, apparently the guy who played Rincewind had wanted to play Rincewind since like the 80s, <laughs> but they only got around to making televised adaptations of The Color of Magic in like, this was like 2008. So he was kind of an old guy. So they made the joke about Rincewind having just been like a, like an undergrad at Unseen <laughs> University for 40 years and just not yeah. graduating yet. That's, no, that's, that's that's really good. That's Which amazing. So good. It's, they're, they're actually surprisingly fun. I recommend them. They're nice. They're not like they 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 don't have a ton of a budget with them, but they do what they can with what they have, and it's yeah. pretty cool. Also, I, uh, Bethany is in them, and she is like thirty two. Which, thank oh, you, thank God, thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that's that, no, that trip report. That sounds better than what we read. God damn it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, damn. Jer- also, Jeremy Irons is in it as Lord Vetinari, and he does the same little like weird lisp that Terry Pratchett himself used to have, which was a nice little like, I see Aww. what you did there, uh. Jeremy. That's very cute. Um, he plays a good Vetinari. Oh, uh, yeah. <sighs> okay. Sorry. So we're like. 37 minutes in and i'm not really sure what else we want to talk about to be honest i know that i know that we've well, kind of skimmed over like the entire middle third but i mean mm. like we did get some good time travel jokes out of it like uh so the bit is they they get sent back a time to the ephibian war or whatever or the mm-hmm. other one i forget yeah, what they were geography but um uh, what like yeah they go back and like they, they don't really make a secret about being time travelers and like someone gets bad at it for spoiling the war <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I I, uh, I have to say, out of all the sections of this book, aside from the weird thing where Pratchett is like, "Wow, it sure would suck to be an older lady." That's so weird and awful. Yeah. What if Helen of Troy just looked normal? What if if Helen of Troy looked normal and was a lady with kids? That'd be so awful, right? Was like one of my least favorite jokes in the book. But like, yeah, aside from that, the joke of like. Uh, the joke of what if he was just some dude is actually really funny. Yeah, it feels I, like, like there could have yeah. been a whole Discworld book that was an ancient Discworld book or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I commented yeah. outside of the podcast, you know, I kind of felt bad for Laviolus because he was probably the most sympathetic character in the entire book. Yeah. And that was he was just Rincewind with my God, can we, this war finally be please be over? Can I please just go home already? Yeah. I'm surrounded yeah. by these beatheads who love doing war, but I just want to go home. And then of course, um, unfortunately, on the way home, he's going to get lost for forty years. Yeah, because he's he's got to have an odyssey. And then there's a really good bit where like they tell him, "Oh no, you'll get home fine." And then they meet him again in hell, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? I would have walked." <laughs> Actually, on that note, Rincewind's a fucking dick in this book. Yeah. Yeah. So he, did he have... There was no reason for him to make Laviolus' life worse. Like, I... You could have, like... You could argue, oh, it's because, like, you can't mess with history or some stuff. But they don't even bring that up. No. Like, no, they kind of do. Of... They kind of do. Because, like, what, yeah. they weren't originally going to burn down the... They weren't going to burn the palace down, but they just sort of accidentally did it on the way out. Yeah, they, they figure, oh, it's a fixed point in history or whatever. You can't change the past or whatever. Yeah, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but, like, he could have, you know, at least tried. Could have told yeah. his own blood ancestor about, yeah. oh, yeah, you're going to get into some shit. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it's like, people are going to remember you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... There's a pretty good bit about, like, where the demon says, well, I'll be damned, and then, yeah, he's already there. There was a really hot yep. scene with the demon king getting so mad he rips through his clothes. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Our, our talking ta- scene of Terry Pratchett be- doing something extremely horny that he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. That's I the mean, only reason he, why the scene works. He did describe it as, with a rather sensuous ripping noise, the red silk across his back tore open and his wings that, unfolded. There is nothing you can do that involves ripping silk that isn't horny to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like, These uh, wings were made of magnetism and shaped space and right? spread out until they were a faint oh, curtain right, against the incandescent right. firmament and they beat as slowly and inexorably as the rise of civilization. Yeah, that was fucking hot. Actually Uh. good prose in the middle of all of this. What the shit? Ooh, that was a corker. 
Yeah, mm. fuck, it was good. And this is for the guy that looks like I put. I called him a spirit Halloween reject in the summary, and I stand by that because the entire point was that he just looked like some. He looked like he was trying to sell his Underwood deviled ham. Yeah, yeah. because he, yeah, because like that's his whole thing, right? He's like he wants to be a, the CEO of hell. He's got like a desk full of like weird little executive toys. He he's all about strategy memos and this and that. So that's his whole mm. bit. And so it's really yeah, it's it's kind of hot to like. Oh, he's getting so mad he's tearing through his fucking suit. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That's cool and rad. Yeah, and it's hot. Yep. That's all there is to say on that uh, matter. I, uh-huh. All right. I, the only other I mean, I was, I'm going to be real. I was too exhausted by this book to be like, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. I, I kind of. Most things in it. I remember going, oh, this is great. And then it immediately fell out of my head because it just got yeah. pushed out by the era ago that is the rest of this book. I, it was an island uh. of. Of horny solace in a sea of shit. Uh, speaking of characters who just got pushed out of the memory of this book, um, my paperback copy of this book has a picture of a Scarlet Macaw on the front. Yeah. And there is, in fact, a parrot that features in this book somewhere. Yeah. Um, but you really wouldn't <laughs> notice it that much. Yeah. Because... Uh, no, I, d- I definitely remember because the, the parrot was around up until they gave it off to Ponce de Cora. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The parrot but shows it was like up. this Margarita ass, Margaritaville ass bird that was just hanging out and being loud and obnoxious. Yeah, because he was he was Eric's parrot, and then like who immediately clocks Rincewind as a wizard, gets into this whole argument with him, and just like constantly antagonizes Rincewind. They they go back and forth, which mm-hmm. is why Rincewind palms him off on Ponce de Quirm. Yeah, but it just, it just, there was a joke there, but it seemed like the joke was completely lost on... What what if a parrot was a dick? I guess. Yeah, like, why even? And then also the fact that that was, like, the most salient thing that the cover designers for this paperback uh, could come up with to put on the front of the book, instead of anything demon-related or anything like that, just is really wild to me. (laughs) Yeah, like, the... The original, the original like Josh Kirby cover does in fact have like the demon guy on there. Yeah, like stuff from the book. Yeah, I thought this book it's would be about parrots. Very weird. <laughs> I thought like the parrot would be Eric or something. Uh, this book wasn't about anything. Yeah, it not was even just like about the Seinfeld way. Book. Just didn't have a point. Yeah. Wait, I wonder why. You... Okay, so. The, like the cover art makes this big obnoxious thing about how it's like Faust strike through Eric. Yeah. Like the only thing this has to do with Faust is that demons are involved and a bargain is struck. Yeah. yeah. What does Pratchett think Faust is about? It's about a guy Can named Faust that who makes a bargain. This? That is it. Okay. Yeah. So we know that this book, according to Pratchett, is a parody of Faust. So what does Pratchett think is in Faust? Parrots. Well. Yeah, parrots. Um. <laughs> Faust is when you're a teenager and you summon a devil to get laid. Yeah, and there's no. That's there's the Randy time, Newman version. There's time travel, and you end up going to hell, which is also a holiday inn. Yeah, like I um, guess that, like, yeah, I guess that Eric, like, I guess it was kind of a shitty deal for Eric, but like, the so like the demons make this big deal about like, oh, we have to get Eric whatever his last name is, Thursley. We have to get Eric Thursley, because, like, his grandfather was a great de- a great demonologist or whatever. Like, they really want to get Eric. They really want to, like, send a regular demon there to get his soul and use him to, like, do bad shit. Because apparently demons aren't good at coming up with ideas. It's humans that are the real monsters, blah, blah, blah. That, that was probably one of the better, at least... Yeah conceptually the idea that demons are just have really bad imaginations yeah which is yeah i like that but yeah it's so it's weird but yeah so eric never really makes a bargain with anyone no yeah he, he tries and it doesn't work and it's just not that good it's more like it would have made at least a small uh, a slightly tidier bit of sense if Rincewind had been roped into being like a genie of some sort, considering how yeah. the genie and sorcery was a similarly anachronistic yuppie sort of take yeah. on that myth. Yeah. Also, oh, I don't think you typically get three wishes from a demon. I think it's yeah. like you. I think it's. I, I think, mean, it's like one bargain, which can yeah, include you, a number of things. But like, you get an unholy pact, and then yeah. that leads to either one one thing or. You get any number of things, uh, which is how the Warlock class in D&D plays. Yeah. And then you in pay for it of, later. In a lot of um, 
okay, Faust is not like a single unified story because it's too old for there to be just one single unified version of it. But like the one of the more commonly used one is that Faust strikes a deal for incredible magical powers for a set number of years of his life, and what he does with those years is the thing that you know varies the most. Mm-hmm. That isn't what happens here. That isn't even slightly what happens here. So no, I, again, I don't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It it's just confusing. Yeah. I think I think I've been thinking about it, and I think one of the other problems with this book, aside from it being bad, uh, but like if you look at sorcery or basically any of the Rincewind books, nothing, none of the world building in them feels like it matters at all. It'll just be like, hey, uh, we went to random weird place. Haha, <laughs> isn't it wacky? Now it's gone. We're never going to go yeah. there again. Uh, you know, hey, they... we went to the Ephibian Wars. It's a parody of the Odyssey. Haha. <laughs> All right, it's over now. Yeah. Uh, we'll never go back there or mention yeah. it again. I mean, yeah, like, the only thing that really stuck in my mind was, you know, the librarian's still an orangutan. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's it just, it feels like there's nothing there to grab onto, so... I'm going to forget this book and I'm never going to have to think about that weird shit that happened in hell or anyone in it, which is weird, especially after guards guards, which is the book where I'm like, I'm going to remember everything in this book. Um, This is one of those things that, you know, I'm only saying it now because it's not going to come up for eight months, but like Rincewind will show up. He'll not really have any proper explanation on how he got back to the disc world or how he ended up where he is. Um, I think he's, like, on a desert island or something, and Eric is definitely not there, so... Yeah, Eric died on the way back to his own planet or something. Uh, Who knows? Maybe he managed to summon an actual demon this time. Hey, good for him, you know? Yeah. Good for him. Uh, Second time's the charm. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, the book also opens with, like, Pratchett understanding a difference... Understanding the difference between erotic and kink. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that was is, interesting. This is where well, they, uh, this is where the library is cool swinging and hanging out in the part of the library where they have to keep the, the erotic books, such as the joy of tantric sex on ice. Mm. I thought that joke was funny. Uh, only yeah, the was librarian good. was cool. He was also swinging, so swinging and hanging out. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's again, a cool guy, and also he, he's literally doing those things. Yeah, he's, he's an orangutan. It's a good that's joke. Adorable. Again, it's from the part while, of the book. While that's we good. were still in the unseen university, there was still something fun happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember when books could be fun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. One more good joke, and then I'll I'll stop reading from the list here. But uh, so there's. They're doing the Orpheus and Eurydice thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, well, how do you escape from hell? Well, it helps if you bring a liar. All right, I have a five-legged dog. <laughs> <laughs> I will always love that joke, no matter where oh, it's that's used. that's good. Uh, right? It's, like, it's always funny in the stupidest way. God, like, every good time. Bit. I laughed at it when it was in History of the World Part 1, and I laughed at it here. Uh, it's just comedy at its mm-hmm. finest. Or at its I, at its it's just comedy. At Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, did we have anything else we wanted to say about the book or did you want to just go to the ratings? I don't really have I anything else to say. It was no, just kinda bad. Like yeah. I, I I'm trying to think like, is I, there anything y'all really liked about this book? I'm trying to think that. like uh the first part and like Part of Hell was pretty funny. Like I, there were some good jokes in there that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I appreciated every bit where he was actually building a world, even if we're never going to see Pandemonium again. Mm-hmm. It, there was actually some attempts at world building in there. I like uh, Laviolus, and I can't wait for him to return in the next Discworld book. He shows up, which <laughs> is, uh, checking now. Uh, never. He never comes back ever <laughs> ah, again. Ah, dang. What are you gonna oh, do? Well. But he was well, nice. Well, we know that he scored at least once because Rincewind is here. He has a wife. Good for him. He managed to keep <laughs> wizardry out of the family until Rincewind got there. <laughs> I mean, uh, Rincewind is also fucked. We know this about him. Yeah. I'm also checking on the Wikipedia page for Eric, and um, under the reception section, which is very, very short, uh, Gardner, Oh, this is actually really good. Gardner Raymond Dozoy, who is a... Uh, the founder of the America's Best Science Fiction Anthologies, uh, called it 
downright bad, the only Discworld book that I actively disliked and found a chore to read. Which, <laughs> wow. The Damn. only one. Zingarino. <laughs> also, apparently an audio serialization of this novel in four episodes of about 15 minutes each was broadcast on BBC Radio 4 in 2013 of March. Which, wild. Did y'all run out of literally anything else to broadcast <laughs> in 2013, BBC? They uh, could only fill an hour with this thing. Yeah. yeah. God. You could have just had somebody playing the kazoo into the mic for an hour straight. <laughs> I would have preferred. <laughs> but yeah. This um, book was bad. This, I, yeah. I know I've said that like 50 times, but this book just fucking sucks. It's bad. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy reading it. And I, I, I am very excited to not have to think about it ever again. Like, I have less notes on this book than I have on a typical episode of Warehouse 13. Like, <laughs> it's bad. Oh, that is bad. I was terrified you were about to say tight pants. Ooh. Oh, I don't take notes from type on type pants. That's all off the dome, baby. Except for yeah. sometimes I'll have, like, a really good joke I want to inflict on my co-hosts. Uh, Warehouse 69 is a science. Tight pants is an art. Yeah, it's, it's what, tight pants is jazz, baby. Deal with it. <laughs> um, Does Homestar Runner know what jazz is? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Unfortunately, I'm pretty he, sure that he thinks that uh, any music that is not ska or 80s hair metal is in fact jazz. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's sung jazz, or at least he's sung the theme from Night Court starring Richard Mull. Oh, well, that's jazz, basically, yeah. sort of, more or less. Adding Homestar Runner's jazz opinions to the list of things we like discussing more than this book. I'm, I'm so sorry to our listeners who... Just listen. We had that yeah. great episode on guards, guards. Yeah. This if this just... is if this is the if you're one of those freaks who listens to the latest episode first, and this is your first episode of Discoverers, um, first off, thanks for joining us. And second off, I'm very sorry that yeah, this is the one go go good episode. Please go back one episode or probably forward two episodes. Yeah, is my guess. Guards, guards. Bucks. It's a great book. Yeah. Uh, guards, guards, the book knows what sex is. Yes, no, wait, that's actually true. Damn. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, um, really makes you think. Really makes, this book does not make anyone twink. Eric didn't make <laughs> yeah. anyone twink at all. Yeah, um, I, I think that should have been one of his wishes. I think you should have wished that Rincewood was a twink. I, I think he already kind of was, but like. I want to believe that he's a twink in the Technicolor panorama of this my is, mind. See, this is why we need better Discworld books than this, because when we get <laughs> shitty Discworld books, these are the conversations that happen. The rumor come out, you know, does is Rincewind a twink? Yeah, I mean, you lift up the robes and he's got, you know, like a pair of like booty shorts on with wizard with two Zs picked out on yeah. sequence. It's great. Yeah, like consider the following. A, everyone is constantly bullying Rincewind. That's mostly it. it that, that's yeah, well, that's you your know. entire Okay. B, he's limber. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, dear listeners, if any of you draw Rincewind as a shitty twink wearing booty shorts that say wizard, but also still with the world's worst beard and hat, uh, I'm not going to do anything except be supremely disappointed in oh. what our podcast has yeah. done. Hey, uh, Iris, how much? Uh, ma- how many yeah, more was... urban fantasy episodes do you still have to illustrate? I have one more, and I think I just decided what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, no. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for oh, planting no. that evil seed in my mind. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Uh, uh, so uh, my uh, adult Patreon subscribers can look forward to that in a week. And you can just click the unsubscribe button on my uh, account immediately afterwards. You're welcome. Uh, or you can stay around and see some good pornography. All your That's pornography true. is good, dear. You do excellent work. Thank you. All of your pornography is very good, too, Grace. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to the ranking. Things that are better than this book are pornography. Fucking yeah. truth. Yeah. Um. So would y'all on this on our big board of official rankings, uh, would you say that Eric is better or worse than the color of magic? Jeez, uh, I don't know. This is this is what I was most excited for this entire podcast. Here we go. How the f- how are we gonna rank this? Because this was bad. Uh, this was worse. This is, like, this is like an entirely separate category. I I, I, I want you to like 
just just clear everything from your mind and think. They, you're you're in a comfortable place, and you have time to spare. There are two books in front of you. One is The Color of Magic. One is Eric. Which one would you rather read? Color of Magic. Yeah, Color of Magic. I, like when we finally <sighs> have to break down and put this thing into tier list, it's seriously going to go S A B C D Eric. <laughs> Y'all hated it that He's much. God damn. Holy God. shit. Like, I can, I can, well, well, now I have to make the ranking list because that is too good not to do. Uh, uh, <laughs> the E's for Eric. Eric uh, goes at the bottom. Or F for Faust, come to think of it. <laughs> well, wait, sorry, wait, sorry, you have F the F tier. You e. have the F, yeah, you have the F tier, you cross out your right E. E for Eric. <laughs> I mean, when I was in grade school, uh, I I think we had grades that were F up until uh, I think I was in – when I moved to Maryland for middle school, uh, instead of Fs, they gave out Es. And that was like the first time I had ever experienced an E grade because Never it was like, oh, weird. weird. Yeah, I guess it was like, like to take the sting off of getting an F where it was like, oh, you didn't like, get an F. You just got an E. But it means the same thing, right? Like it means the same e thing. Low, you're yeah. below 50th percentile. You absolutely fucked the class. Yeah, because like, like F – F means fail or flunk. That's yeah. what it means. Like, uh. E means extra not good. Yes. Uh, excrement. Um, ex- extraordinarily bad. Um, <laughs> Eric. Eric. But yeah, so we'll just slot that right in at uh, nine out of nine books that we've read. Uh, congratulations. That feels like a perverse accomplishment in itself. Way to go, Eric. You're... If this Congra- were golf, you'd be number one. I Congratulations, guess. color I, of I magic. Was, I, I, before we finish, I'd like to make a bit of a defense of Eric, as odd as it may be. Yeah. I will say, I don't know if this book is actually worse than uh, the color than uh, the color of magic. I think it might, on the whole, be a better book, and I think we might just be judging it way harsher because. Of the fact that we just read an actually good Discworld book, yeah, like, and okay. now it's like, okay, so now it's like, I my, compared to that. Having my, said that, I, mean, I think that's I, a valid reason to hate the book. I, Fuck it. I would say that we spent more time debating where the color of magic fell when it was the only entrant than we did on trying to debate where to put Eric. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel yeah. like this was a. A clearer decision. And also, I remember there were parts of The Color of Magic that I did find charming. I found the Wormberg concept really <sighs> enchanting. Yeah. I found um, the uh, the bit with the bar scene. Even though it was, like, yeah. rudimentary, uh, there were still hints of greatness there. Yeah, and mind you, this book had its good parts. It had, you know, I, the chunk at it, the beginning at the university, pretty good. There was some yeah, but that was jokes. like That was maybe, yeah. like, three pages. It yeah, really it wasn't was good. Not a lot. I, guess, I think you may oh. have illustrated to me exactly why I dislike this book so much. It is, even including the, like, sorcery and some of the other stuff, maybe the most shitty, cynical Discworld book yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. It just hates you for enjoying it. It hates you for reading it. Everyone in it sucks. Everyone's constantly rude to everyone else. Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's everyone's mean. rude or complaining or being a shithead to somebody else. Or having a laugh at someone else's expense, or the narrator is having a laugh at someone's expense, and it's just like, I, this ain't what I, I signed up for, Chief. There was like one bit, I'm only saying this as a point of order, the fact that there was another Arch-Chancellor, because they still haven't put Munstrom Ridcully on staff yet. Oh god, but yeah. that, that was so minor in this that I completely forgot that it was a thing. Does Ridcully, like, does, the, the, sorry. Ridcully is in charge by Reaper Man. Oh, thank God, because he's so, he's the one who really makes the university work. IMO. Yeah, yeah. The, introducing Ridcully gets us the faculty that you know three out of the four of us already love, and June might already not June. Sorry, June. Uh, that Grace sort of accidentally read and has some idea what's coming there. Mm-hmm. They're 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 why I like the Unseen University. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's again just. <sighs> A lot of things just stick out for being weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird and bad and mean and not fun to read. And also, also one more thing. Uh, even though The Color of Magic is a bad Discworld book, it is still at its core a Discworld book. If you filed off the serial numbers of this book, 
it would be very easy to turn it into a book about some other fantasy universe entirely. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even have to scratch all that hard. You exactly. could just go at it with a penny for ten minutes, and you'll yeah. scar it up. Like enough. that's the thing, right? Like it, yeah. It's also like like we were saying, it feels like kind of a shitty Hitchhiker's Guide book too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker's Guide entire premise is: what if the entire universe was run as badly as my bland British existence is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think part of the thing is like in Hitchhiker's Guide, it works because Hitchhiker's Guide is a cynical story at its core. That's what the books yeah. are trying to do. They're trying to be cynical. That's what they are. Yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, it sucks to exist. Let's make yeah, jokes about how much it sucks sort of to a, exist. There's sort of a sympathy in it. Like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, is, this is all fucking terrible. Nobody really wants it to be fucking terrible. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could do something about it, but unfortunately my hands are tied because everything is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very humorous. Just, it's very... Eric is just very, you know, everything is terrible because fuck you. It, yeah. Uh, it... <sighs> like, well, Skip this one, kinda, y'all. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like, you know, Terry is, we expect better from terry at least like we expect a little more optimism a little Mm. more like you know the little more like you know faith in humans unless you're a super completionist you don't need to read this one and that brings the count down to a nice round 40 which feels more manageable somehow than 41 i don't know you can have 40 naughty united books (laughs) and 13 original podcasties shout him scout him tell all about him I'm not going to recite the rest of this song. Yeah, this this outro is I, weird. Y'all. I am baffled well, the by problem this. Is, the problem is I have these podcasties, but I only have two nipples, so I don't know where to put the third one. What? <laughs> well, I mean, if you have an Audi belly button, you just put it down there. Belly button's just the third nipple uh, that God gave us. Iris, you're so wise. What on it's the earth are y'all talking about? Okay, I don't so... know anymore. Okay. <laughs> Don't read Eric. It makes you do a podcast episode that sounds like this. You don't want that. Uh, I'm just being reduced to being the Justin on this episode, just giggling inanely at everything anyone else uh, says. Uh, welcome, welcome to my Discworlder, my Discworlder, my Discworlder, and me. Jesus. I hope I said the right number of things. It's an advice podcast for the Fruit Bat era. I'm your princessius Grace, Princess Grace. Um. Let's uh, get out of here before thank we you, get any worse. Yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, 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 you can follow us on the socials medias uh, at disc, uh, DiscPod on Twitter, or if you're into decentralized social media, at DiscPod at Queer.Party on Mastodon. Uh, we also have a website, anchor.fm slash DiscPod, easy to remember, and we have an email address in case you want to send us some nice, encouraging notes about fan mail or bring up some stuff you read about. Uh, don't read this book. We, it'll be better <laughs> uh, if you don't. But if you do, let us know what you thought about it at uh, disc at hypnovire.us. That's D-I-S-C at H-Y-P-N-O-V-I-R dot U-S. All of these will also be in the show notes if you're the kind of person who cannot easily translate somebody spelling out something auditorily into typing, which I understand, neither am I. Um, did y'all want to plug your pluggables? Oh, I'm, I was gonna. I was yeah. gonna suggest uh, if if we all have something big to plug, go ahead. But I'd also like to say, let's end this podcast by suggesting something better you could do with your time than uh, reading reading this book. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Iris J. Iris J Comics on Twitter and Masto, and uh, I I have a Patreon, Patreon slash Iris J, just drawing comics and shit. I have an adult Patreon at Distressed Egg too, if you're into spicier stuff. But don't go if you're under eighteen, or else I'll find you, and I will give you a very stern talking to. It's true, Iris can smell you through the computer. Yeah, I can jump through the phone lines like Robin and the Dreamweavers. I'm Belina, and I am thoroughly confused <laughs> and worried by this. Iris, you completely you should... failed my thing. You have to suggest something. Oh, I have to suggest something. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. watch Robin and the Dreamweavers. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's a completely uh, unhinged old made-for-TV animated uh, movie. Uh, the character designs in it are advertised in the credits as being created by, quote, a mad Dutchman, unquote. And it's about the first baby born in cyberspace and her one-woman war against internet porn. It's really good. Oh, that sounds rad. It. Thank you so much. I was Partially, I was saying this solely because I wanted to hear you say, watch that movie. I'm so uh, glad it worked. Yes. <laughs> Okay, try that again. My name is Belina. You probably want to just grab me out of the show notes because every single link that I might give you is not spelled the way that it sounds. Um, because I'm not very good at social media, apparently. Uh, let's see. The best I can think of is... Let's just pop open what was the last thing I read on the Kindle. Uh, just go read This Is How You Lose the Time War. Again. Yes, do. Yeah. It's good. Rules. <laughs> that is good. Very good. It's not much longer than this and it's a hell of a lot more fun yeah only one of these books made me cry a huge mess on an airplane ringing endorsements eric made you cry no (laughs) Uh, maybe like cutting onions Uh, Bon london made me cry more than eric cutting onions and accidentally hitting getting the tip of your finger at this yeah that'll that'll do it yeah all right uh i have been the internet's beloved princess grace you can find my writing programs podcast posts everything else is fit to plug including the two other podcasts we referenced today as a joke at princess.software uh instead of reading eric you could i don't want to just say read my pornography that's just plugging the same thing Mm -hmm. twice you could go outside yeah, I could. I uh, you could you could go, go outside and read pornography. Yeah, yeah. you could go outside, you could, touch some grass, yeah. read some smut. Yeah, exactly. You uh, could read a. Please, please make sure that you're over eighteen before you do at least one of those. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, if you're under not... eighteen, don't you dare go outside ever. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go. You have to get back in your pod, baby. Yeah, and he, a big eagle could come right down and swoop you right up, mm-hmm. feed you to its babies, and that's scary. Yeah, you gotta you wait could... till you're eighteen when you're heavy enough for eagles to not be able to pick you up. Yeah, like, look, you have to be an adult before you get grabbed and gravid. We all know this. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and June, what about you? Uh, uh, I'm June. You can find me at Twitter uh, slash at Juniper Theory. And uh, I suggest instead of reading this book, play Psychonauts 2. It was really, oh, really yeah. good. Psychonauts I really enjoyed rule. my time with it. I did I... not enjoy my time with this book. Psychonauts 2 I... was legit, like... What I'm thinking it's gonna be game of the year for me. It's really good. Yeah. It is much I better just than finished, I just finished running through Psychonauts one again for the first time. In, oh, I don't know how long it's been yeah. since it was released. It unfortunately the back half of it doesn't really age well, but you know yeah. I knew that going yeah. into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folks at home, you do not have to have played the first Psychonauts to enjoy Psychonauts two or the VR outing from Abyss of Ruin. You could just play Psychonauts two on its own. It will explain everything it needs to you. Yeah, it's great. I actually yeah. Um, uh, this has been a, a podcast, I guess. Yeah. Until next time, folks, uh, keep on disking and, uh, Love to disc. yeah, next, next month, uh, moving pictures. So, uh, grab your popcorn and your, uh, bunch of crunch and we will see you at the movies. Hell yeah. <sighs> Truly and... it was Faust scratched out for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> This book sucked! This book sucked! The nicest thing I can say about this book is that it was short.